When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore Here it comes, that glimmer of hope A light shines through the dark It's a hopeless show With Aaron and Rohit Woe It's a hopeless show Yo, 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 yo. Another hey. episode of The Hopeless Show. Sup. What is up? What is up? What, what was that inflection, Aaron? Uh, hardcore. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely hardcore in 1995, and I respect that because the 90s are back. The 90s are back. Uh, so our, how, how, how's it been going, Rohit? How have things been this last week, week and a half? Uh, things have been actually really solid. You know, it's it's... I found myself some some time to play the new God of War, um, more time than I had planned, which is great, you know, especially going to the holidays. It's important to be able to kind of relax after a long year, and yeah. I'm very much enjoying the game. I'm kind of enjoying, you know, a pretty light work schedule. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm good. So work, work got lighter. That's good. Yeah, definitely, definitely got lighter. Um, it's about time, too. It's, you know, it's it's... You can, you know, sometimes it's hard over the holidays, but sometimes it's good to be able just to relax and let your brain sort of recuperate. And yeah, Aaron, how are you doing? You know, you know, pretty good. It's an interesting uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. We get to be thankful for stuff. A lot of people do somewhat uh, racially, racially insensitive things during Thanksgiving. I'm all for the, uh, you know, the... Well, I'll tell you a little story. Um, so my niece, who's two, had uh, at her school, they had like na- some Native American dancers come in to show the two-year-olds what the Native Americans were like. And so they start like doing their dance and going like hobo 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 ho, ho. yeah sure and and then the two-year-olds all the like not native american two-year-olds are just running around in circles laughing going ho yo ho yo and and i feel like the point might have gotten over their heads of what this is really about and it was sort of maybe showcasing who the people whose land this originally was and really was stolen from what it was really all about. So I just, you know, I feel sometimes people miss the mark. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. The, ch- the kids, you can say they're so young and they actually were innocently enjoying the experience, I would think. You know, and I think that... Oh, of course. Yeah. But, it would be different if they were like, high schoolers, you know, that were doing that. That would be like, you should know better. Um, and it, it's if you're bringing in, you know, like... Indigenous populations, Native Americans, to kind of show some of the culture, you know, that has obviously been erased through, I don't know, unknown things that have happened over the past 250 years. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wonder what that could be. Um, I think they're the ones that are bringing it and they're the ones that are kind of asking to celebrate it. It's, it's funny. I have a friend who yeah. um, was recently, uh, you know, so she's, and she was recently, you know, she left her job and kind of started a new venture. And in this new venture, um, there's some Indian people there and they were celebrating Diwali, which is like the Indian New Year Festival of Lights. And it takes place in October, late October every year. And 
the Indian people had invited my friend to join them for Diwali celebrations and wear a sari and all that. And she was like messaging me. She's like, I am scared to do this. What if like people take it the wrong way? And I was like, dude, trust me. When Indians invite you to do something cultural, it's way more insulting to not do it. And they want everybody participating in it. And I think there's something nice. I think culture should be respected, but culture can be shared and culture can be participated with. You know, I've seen people tweet like, you know, if you're not Chinese, don't eat Chinese food. I'm like, what? I was like, so huh? you, yeah, are That's you stupid? But I like Chinese food. Are you just trying to put Chinese food businesses out of business? You know, like, what are you trying to do? Well, here? well, here's the thing. I hear what you're saying. I also think back to my time in like public school in L.A. And it was I was the only Jew. Um. In, in Los school. Angeles, right? In Los Angeles. Yes. In Los yes. Angeles. I was the only Jew. <laughs> in the area I grew up in, yeah. I w- there were no Jews. Mm-hmm. It was uh, like me. And so we'd always do, like during Hanukkah, I'd be like the Jew on display to go up to the front of the classroom <laughs> and, and talk about, like, oh, no. about what Hanukkah is. And it was like thinking back, and no one, like most of the people had never really, didn't really know what a Jew was. And I was the Jew on display. It was like I was in the window, like you could poke at me. Oh, and, man. And be like, and I just think about all this. I think it's all funny, but I think about it and I'm like, man, our culture, we have evolved a bit, but our culture is t- like, is kind of funky like that. Yeah. You were like the, the Jew on the shelf, like elf on the shelf. But I was like, the Jew on the shelf. Yeah. Like, we look like, now. Now like, the Jew's going to talk about how what he does in his weird horned yeah. house. <laughs> Where they like, do your dreidel thing now. Now. Yeah, do, do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Dude, as an Indian boy growing up, going to Catholic school, an Irish Catholic school on the yeah. Jersey Shore, let me tell you, man, I'm actually <laughs> impressed that you didn't shy away from sharing your culture, but I also was like, I stuck out like a sore thumb. Um and definitely got made dar- fun you're of. A, you're a darkie. Oh yeah, yes I am. I I, I definitely uh, over-index in melanin. Um, and <laughs> I I remember being asked to like share cultural stuff, but I remember getting made fun of so so much, like all the years. Um, and obviously, got less as the kids kind of got older, and we got older. It's like all right, you know. Then then they just like. Make fun of you for more painful things. Right, um, for real things. Real things versus things that you, not immutable traits. Um, <laughs> but I remember I turned down sharing any of my culture because I got made fun of so much. I didn't want to like now go in front of the class. I like would, when I remember like my mom would pack me like homemade lunches. I would throw them away as soon as I got to school and then just buy like white people food um, from oh, the cafeteria. No. Yeah. So like my mom was like, how was your food today? I prepared for you. I was like, oh, it was great. But it was first thing I do when I get to class, I throw it in the garbage. Um, and um, and eventually I told her not to pack lunch for me anymore because I like the school food. So it was like, I look back at that with regret, but it was a lot of torment. So long way of me saying, I'm happy that you actually followed through on showing off your Judaism to class. And, you know, and I never got to go to a bar mitzvah because I never met a Jewish person until I was in high school. Um, and that would, they didn't even go to my high school. Um, I think so, we should throw you a bar mitzvah. Oh, hell yeah. As long as there's inflatable saxophones, then that's my one <laughs> request. Yeah. There will be. Yes. There will be. Um, 
So anyway. Yeah, I don't know how we got there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we we went in, it's called a tangent. Yes. Look up the definition of a tangent. We did that. Yes. Well, a couple more things from the, from the, from the break, from the bomb shelter, the quarantine. Um, Oh, I just thought you'd like this. Former guest of the show, Alec Baldwin, former guest of The Hopeless Show, Alec Baldwin, it came out that the police report from when he shot the woman dead in on set, and it said that there was total chaos on the uh, on the set of, of the movie Rust. Now, he's suing someone. He settled with the woman. There's all kinds of stuff, but they said the set was total chaos. So I just thought you'd appreciate, not the, the set, the tragedy, but that... There was just chaos because I know you love chaos. It's, I mean, hell, I've, you and I have both, you know, known people that have been on sets and, uh-huh. you know, and you more so um, know more people that have been on sets. Um, yeah. yeah. You've read, read about it. it. Yeah. I've read, uh, I've read, I've read about it in the periodicals. Yeah. And no matter how many sets we've been on, it's always ordered chaos. That's kind of, you know, and fortunately, you know, we both work with great producers that, can create sense, create true order out of inevitable, sure, mayhem and chaos that any sort of big, any production is. But, God, when you have a set that is as disorganized as Rust and you have gun safety that is as disregarded, like, it is, I hope the entire industry has corrected themselves with any sort of firearms. Like, I'm one of these, you know, I'm one of the people that's like, listen, I, I support the Second Amendment, but... I also think it comes with safety. It comes with training. It comes Amen. with every last safeguard. A gun is a machine of death. And we have to treat it as such and respect it as such. And it is not meant to be something that's taken lightly. It is a right, but it has to be truly protected, that right, in terms of even how you use it. And it was so disregarded on the set. It was disregarded on the crow. It was disregarded on how many things people didn't die. Imagine blanks went off and they're like, whew, thank God it was a blank. And you'll never hear about that. You no. Know? So. Well, that's the thing. It's uh, guns are a weapon of death. Yes. Um, chaos on sets is going to happen, but it's a controlled chaos. It's making sure everyone basically knows here's the order of things. So this sounds like a disaster. Yeah. And can I just lead into one other disaster? Yeah, yeah. That's happening, and speaking of death, look, we have a lot to update. We've had a couple weeks off. Yeah. Um, so speaking of death, Los Angeles County is now strongly recommending that people wear masks again. Mm. Um, I have thoughts on this. <laughs> oh, here's the thing. If I'm in someone's home or place of business and they ask me to wear a mask, I'll happily wear a mask. If I need to be one in an Uber, great. But I'm not just going to walk around wearing a goddamn mask just because I'm outside, you know, or in a grocery store. If it's optional, I'm going to opt out. But if I'm asked to by an individual in their small space, I'll respect it. But this is, I'm so tired of this, man. That's the thing. And, you know, everyone right now, so many people, I have a cold right now, people are just getting sick because you know why? With so, they I mean, they say... I like they, is it? It's like it could be anyone. They say that our immune systems got compromised because we weren't exposed to things for so long. That's why people are so many people are extra just sick from life 
like sick of you know colds and stuff. So I just think uh, the mask um, mandate needs to be optional. They cannot go back to requiring it. Um, yeah, I and, mean, because uh, you're right. Exposure is actually a form of protection. Exactly. It's literally the base idea of vaccines. Both you and I have been very like get people get yourself vaccinated and yes there's stuff coming out it's like yeah issues that are arising with some people but you know that's something that's for a different day but it's my goodness exposure if we if you isolate yourself you are not training your body to protect itself from right. the rest of the world so la don't do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gonna be annoying i th oh my god i am when I fly, I'm flying to New Jersey this weekend, and then I'm flying to Austria in December. And those are long. You know, New Jersey is only six hours, but Austria, that's a long, that's like a, you know, 10, oh, 11 God. hour flight. If I have to wear a mask the whole damn time, that's going to be annoying. But You're probably going to yeah. get sick from just breathing your own fungus. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, well yeah. Well, speaking of funguses. It's a perfect transition into our uh, first topic, which, uh, take it away, Rohit. This is Twitter. My goodness. And I know it's been a topic for you listeners that you've heard us talk about in the past, but we have finally seen something that could signify the end of Twitter as we know it. And I know that in the past I have, you know, half-heartedly said, oh, Twitter's ruined the world because even though it's my favorite platform ever... You know, I think it's changed how we treat each other, how we speak to each other, how divided we are, how the news is now only headlines. Everything's clickbait. Twitter's changed how human humanity has had discourse. The speed of which information, fake or true, has been disseminated. Everything, right? Um, bullying, this and that, doxing. Twitter has caused more harm than it has good. And I yeah. always kind of wish it never existed. But this week, pretty much Twitter's lost most of their staff. Elon has let, over the past few weeks, been just letting people go via email, listen to that, or they've been tweeting at him, and he, they've been a little spicy with him. He's canned them. He just canned people indiscriminately. He didn't even know what they did. And now he's starting to have people come back, and and 75% of the remaining staff quit yesterday. And the company, people I love and know and have known for years, that I was like, oh, they're, they're going to be safe at Twitter. They've been kind of part of all the layoffs. And I think, Aaron, it's actually finally happening. I think Twitter might be dead. By the end of the year, it might not exist anymore. So I have um, an alternate take on this. Okay, because I haven't given me a take. I've just given you the facts. This but... is the facts, but you just said that you think it might be gone. Yes, yes. Okay, cool. That, let's treat that as my take because actually that is my take. But go ahead. So I actually think it might not be. I think that I was thinking about this yesterday. More people are talking about Twitter and on Twitter right now because of the chaos and the shit show than ever. And more people are talking about Twitter, are interested in it because mm -hmm. it's such a shit show. And what do people love like for their, for their uh, consuming of entertainment? Reality TV. Real Housewives shows. Okay. And things like that. Kardashians, all that stuff that I, I don't watch it, but like, but people love it. And so dating shows, all this just dumb reality stuff. 
Twitter, in my mind, over the last couple weeks since Elon got it, has become the real housewives of tech. It's like you can you're watching this disaster unfold, but is it a disaster or are more people tuning in than ever? And is it more is Twitter actually more interesting than ever? Because to me, Twitter oh, is in some ways more interesting than ever. You're still getting your facts, your sports updates, your entertainment updates. You still can get those. And you're watching this reality show. And we don't really know what totally is real and not real of all the stuff getting leaked. But it's all interesting. And so if they, if Twitter just keeps doing this, it might succeed. It might oh succeed. Oh, my God. You, actually, you make an excellent point. Because for the longest time, Twitter has been tweeting about the world. But now the world is tweeting about Twitter. About Twitter, exactly. And, oh my God. The attention is going on to Twitter. It's going on to Elon. So, and even, people, and, it's not like people, are, people aren't signing off. They're talking about it. Dude, and even, Some people like, are leaving, but a lot of even, people are watching. You're right. And even down on historically, <coughs> you know, the previous president who you and I really, you know, in case the listeners are surprised by this, we're not the hugest fans of. No. Um, However, actually, but there's a debate coming up about him. Yes, so yes, and that'll be our, that'll be our next topic. However, he single-handedly made Twitter the most interesting place on earth because of the crazy things this world leader was tweeting. Some of them really absurd, some of them really false, some of them really hilarious. And it was like, this is a world leader. This is the leader of the free world. Someone should take away his keys to his account. But this is like you yeah. couldn't help but watch it. That was. That was the reality show of the presidency unfolding on Twitter. So I think you're onto something. Maybe all of this insanity is actually good for the platform overall. Okay. And you know, I I will also admit another L. I'll take another L. When when Russia invaded Ukraine, if if you'll remember, I was like, Ukraine's going to fall in two months. There's no way. And I said no. I was like, you said no. Um, you're like, they're going to fight back or you're going to support. I was like, one, they're not going to be able to have the means to fight back. And two, it's not it's not going to work unless we put our own boots on the ground and just go full-scale war and blah, 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 blah. Both I was completely wrong about. Yes, we've given them, you know. We've helped a lot in yeah. the ways that are smart to help. I think we've handled it great. Yeah, we've given them their entire annual GDP. But it's important to protect not only Western interests, but innocent people from being literally taken, they're having their lives taken over by a nefarious mega country like Russia. So I was wrong about that because Ukraine is fucking doing well now. Um, again, I'm a reactionary. And sometimes, you, <laughs> you know. You are? No way. Yeah. But yeah. I'll, so I think I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with you on this one. I think you got me. All right. I'll hope gong it. Ready? Oh, I love you, Hope Gong. Yeah, oh, it's been a you while. You mean so much to me. So moving on, we have uh, Crypto Watch, a big topic that we talk about a lot on uh, on this show. We uh, we go to our cryptocurrency topic. We're checking in with crypto uh, to see what's going on with it. Okay, and we're done with that topic. Let's move on to sports. Uh, Do you see what I did there, Rowan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I evaded the topic. <laughs> yeah, with reason. I mean, we it's could, a disaster. We could have spent time talking about FDX, but I think we got a pretty packed show, and maybe we more do. of it it'll unfold next week. Um, yeah, we don't want to talk about it. There's no hope there right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have nothing to give, so let's move on to sports. Yes. 
I feel a little hopeless. Talk to me. So it's the baseball offseason for those who are not sports followers. But I think the to- this topic resonates with anyone who loves something, follows something in life. So my team is the Dodgers. And when you're a fan of a team, there are certain players that you just become used to. And for the better half, for this decade, there have been a number of players who have been just Dodger stalwarts. They've been on the team and you follow them, you get to know them. And it feels like whether they win or lose, you just still love this group of people that you watch all the time. They're like family. They're like family. And Justin Turner, who's been on the team for like a decade, he um, may or may not sign back with the team. They don't know yet. Clayton Kershaw, the most famous Dodger, he did sign again, so he's back. One year deal, right? And did you and did you pee in a urinal next to Justin Turner? No, I played kickball with him. Oh, okay, that's different. I played kickball with Justin Turner for a couple seasons. He was really cool. Oh yeah, I know. I with him and. Okay, I peed in a urinal next to Little John, so I get the, I'm getting the stories confused. Uh, but anyway, okay. So was, 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 did you get a, Did you get a peek? Was Little John really? <laughs> yeah. It's you know it's it's no comment. Yeah, but I got me and you confused and Justin Turner and Little John mixed up. But well, anyway, they're pretty similar. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I peed next to Reverend Jesse Jackson. That was awkward. It was the two of us in one like a porto stall. That was awkward. Anyway, we're oh, getting way off topic. Like in a porto potty. The yeah, like, like in the a, same like, porta potty, like the it was like a two banger. <laughs> oh no! Oh, okay, okay. So it, was it one where you had like the toilet <laughs> part and you had like the urinal part, but it's still a tiny cube. Yeah, like, and it was just me and Reverend. So you guys were butt to butt, both being great. Yeah, yeah, just going right. for it. Uh so the Dodgers. There's a bunch of. Uh, yeah, that's another story. We'll we'll bring that up later. The but uh, Cody Bellinger now. Another Dodger who's been with the team for six years is probably leaving now, too, because he hasn't been doing that well. So I just feel sad because I... Understatement. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I feel sad because I love following the... I, I want to see the guys that I'm used to win or lose. I don't like just signing a bunch of people. I want to see this group continue to grow and to do well. I, and so it just makes me a little bummed to see a bunch of these people leaving. And, uh, you know, Dodgers have underperformed a lot. They do pretty well, but then haven't done great in a lot of the playoffs. And um, But I still want to see, like, next year, I want to see these guys do it. I don't want to see, like, random new Dodgers do it, like if they sign some big free agent. I mean, I'll get to liking them, like Mookie Betts, but you know what I mean? It's just a little bit of a bummer. I mean, yeah. I mean, I th- I think Turner leaving is going to hurt the chemistry of the team a little bit because he's such a glue guy. And he still um, might stay. They okay. still might give I him a contract. So. And I, I honestly think I like Cody Bellinger. I got his jersey. I, I But that dude needs a change of scenery. He needs a sports psychologist. He needs, I think, him going to a less, a lower profile city. You know, like, oh, God, don't go to Baltimore. Um, but maybe if he goes somewhere like Baltimore, even though I like him, maybe that's a place that he could kind of like face a smaller spotlight, work on himself and, or Kansas city or something like that. There was um, a rumor of some team. Uh, I forget. Oh, the Yankees. The Yankees might want him eaten alive. In New York. I know. 
He'll get destroyed in New York. At least LA's moderately respectful to their star and athletes. And it's weird. New York is just straight disrespectful to uh, once, their stars. Uh, and um, the one second. So yeah, and also uh, Cody Bellinger's wife. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Or his girlfriend that he has now a second kid coming with is uh, Giancarlo Stanton on the Yankees' ex. Oh. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oof, man. That's that's something. Um, what if he names a kid Giancarlo? <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. So or or Mike, Mike, Mike. <laughs> he was he used to be Mike Stanton. Yeah, for our listeners, yeah, he went from Mike Stanton to Giancarlo Stanton, um, which we were, you know, it's quite the shift. But good for him. Good for him, and you know what? We'll just see what happens. I just feel a little sad, but let's go into our debate because I. And as we move on to debates, we do apologize for the audio quality on Rohit's uh, end. There was a technical glitch, which does have, even though we are a massive operation, sometimes there are glitches in every situation with uh, when it comes to creative podcasting. So we apologize, but now it'll be better as we move on to the debate. Yeah, sometimes you pick the wrong input. And I did that. So I was, yeah, sorry. It's not what you put in. It's what you take out. Exactly. This is all about the takeaways. And let's see what we can take away from this debate. Aaron, you've got an interesting topic. What is it? So the topic is, and I'll throw it to you, is Trump, Donald Trump announced he is running for real, for not re-election, for election again in 2024. Is Donald Trump running a good thing? What do you think, Rohit? Unequivocally, yes. And I wonder if you might be on the exact same side of this issue. Um, So I think there's a surface stuff that people are talking about. Yes, I think one of the great things is it will split the Republican vote. And when you have two sort of complete directionally different candidates like a Trump and a DeSantis, Ron DeSantis in Florida, You've got the two presumptive nominees or, you know, um, sort of primary nominees. And then it's going to cause a split in party, at least initially in the support. Um, What you're going to see is them sort of bring each other down, you know, in the debates. You're going to see negative advertising. You're going to see a lot of things that are going to cause exposure for them. But... And we'll see, will it be similar to the previous election? Because once there is the one nominee, will the rest of the party get back in line? Maybe. Um, but I think more importantly, the I think what's going to get exposed is a lot of the hypocrisy in the Republican Party, a lot of the lack of attention to social issues, because you're going to see two different approaches to it. You know, there's a very corporatist side, um, kind of off the, you know, off the cuff, kind of sort of brash side up from the Trump side. Then you've got a more sort of, I guess, libertarian slash like 
but like socially conservative side and the Republicans, which is sometimes at odds with each other, quite at odds. Um, so I think what you're going to see is a lot of spicy debates. You're going to see the, I think, I think DeSantis was going to win the nomination, but you're going to, Trump is going to go full, what do they call it? Death con. Yeah. As Kanye called it. Um, well, he wanted to do it to the Jews. Yeah. He's going to do it to the Republicans. And, but like, you know, he even mispronounced it being it's supposed to be DEFCON. Um, but I think you're going to see um, just a war of attrition. And um, I think it's going to be good for the country because the Republican Party is going to need to pick a direction. And they're going to need to show us who they really are. Instead of complaining about what the Democrats are doing wrong, it's time for them to offer solutions. And they're going to need to align on solutions. And I think with the way the world is going... If anything, it'll hopefully push the Republicans into a, more, a place of sanity because next to Donald Trump, you know, I guess anybody could look sane, but it's also going to make you want to over-index on sanity, hopefully. All right. Well, I have a slightly different take to, you know, sort of in the same vein, but I'm going to give my take. It's a little different. Sure. So I think Donald Trump running is actually kind of hilarious now i actually think it is hilarious because he also just today uh merrick garland the uh um, attorney general announced that there's a guy named jack smith who's going to be the head of the special counsel to decide all the crimes trump committed the probes to see like with the stolen documents january 6th other things to decide what happens to him. So I think it's very funny that someone who's up and also he has in Georgia, he has New York states, um, um, got him for, uh, for a fraudulent, um, nonprofit company and tax evasion. I just think it's very funny that someone who has skirted the law so many times is announcing that he's running for president. That's just funny to me. Second, second, I think the extremist portion of the Republican Party, DeSantis is like a more polished tr- polished Trump. Their views and what they're trying to do are basically the same. Um, like bas- ignore social issues, and it's just all economy, economy, economy. But with that whole trickle-down effect as the concept of what you do, you know, you give corporations and the super-rich breaks— and then everyone benefits, which never works. It never happens. So they're they're very similar. That's like all they care about. They're both a little racist in their ways, and it's just extreme stuff. I think that the Republican Party desperately needs a moderate. They need a John McCain again or a Mitt Romney again to be the leader of the party. So my hope is that Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump cannibalize each other, and we get a good candidate from the Republican Party again. That's a good point. We could get a guy like Romney, who's pretty much been all but excommunicated from the party for being a rhino. Or know, John McCain corpse. Alone. John McCain corpse would yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I just... Daughter. Daughter, yeah. I just think they could cannibalize each other and some of the moderate Republicans who... That's where I think the party should be. They emerge with a candidate that isn't one of these two wackadoodles. And in their different ways. And I really think that could happen. And if it happens, I think we're a better country for it. Just like I don't want the extreme left 
to be running the Democratic Party. Um, yeah, there's it's it's literally the idea of checks and balances and moderation is not a bad thing, you know, and 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 I think I, I'm with you on this. And actually, I agree with both your points. Um, I, I think I will give you I'll give you those answers. The one thing, though, you talk about being funny. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with. It's going to be fucking hilarious. Oh, because <laughs> because we get maybe to see a return of Trump's insane tweets, and there's going to be so many sound bites, and it's going to be spicy. He already you called get... Ron DeSantis Ron DeSanctimonious, which is just <laughs> funny. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. It's so good. I'm shocked he knows that word, but yeah. it's good. It's. It's literally what happens if someone literally someone said, hey, what would happen if Eric Cartman became president? Yeah. And that is what happened for us for four years. And now he's running for, you know, reelection. Um, so I think, yeah, this is going to be good TV. And, you know, maybe this is the nihilist in both of us and very much like, hey, we are going to enjoy or sorry, I guess, you know, it's all meaningless anyway. So maybe we can just, you know, it doesn't, we're not bothered by some of the insanity, but maybe we can take some pleasure out of it too. Just at least knowing that in the end, neither of them is going to win. Um, so, and, and it's, it leads right. And I'm, thank you for saying that. I'm glad you like my takes and, um, and leading, it leads right into topic two, which is, there is some hope I already have from this. So it's dealing with MAGAs, dealing with the supporters of Trump. How do you deal with them? A lot of people can't deal with them if you don't aren't one of them you just can't deal with anything that they bring to the table or as a human i feel hopeless because i disagree with that i think that there's two things that you can do when dealing with a maga one do not try to prove your point it won't work everything will be your just using liberal media, you're wrong. It just, it's like, it's kind of cultish. You're not going to be right. You're brainwashed. You're a socialist, Marxist, uh, whatever. They just, it's just the, the spouting of, of names. It's just never going to work. But what you can do, I think, and this is where I've gained hope from my hopelessness. And I'm curious what you, what you have to add is what you can do is say you're psyched Trump's running. And it's really going to be cool to see what happens because I personally don't think he's a threat at all anymore. There's zero chance he can win. So just say you're psyched and see what they have to say. You know, what is it like? Uh, you can't go against them, so go with them. That's not the phrase, but something like that. Yeah. I mean... Here's the thing. I think I try to get behind people's motivations. You know, I will never dismiss somebody for being a communist or being a MAGA because something got them there, right? And I think it's understanding what it is. Sometimes, yeah, it could be pure racism, maybe, but I, I don't, I think that's the easy answer. <coughs> and I'm not saying that there's not a high concentration of racism in the MAGA camp. That is, that would be crazy to come to even make that statement. No, there's tons, but there's also the forgotten people. There's also the people that have been called Hicks have been called, you know, they live in bumblefuck fly over country. They've been forgotten, right? They don't feel represented by 
leadership. They don't feel represented by the TV. And don't get me wrong. They picked a fucking billionaire con man. Yeah. Why did they that, pick that's him? Problem. Why did they but, pick him? They should have the, picked a fellow, uh, a fellow bumblefuck hick in a flyover those, state. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yes. But even then, those guys, the reason that they didn't is those guys are too slick because there, there is this inherent idea of a politician, even though they claim to be from where they are, they're not from where they are. They are they're an elite class of people that I don't, I, I think they've surrendered some of their humanity for sake of power. And I think that's, it's pretty obvious to, to most people. So you have sellouts, they're sellouts. So I think most politicians, because once they get in there, they start getting the, the, the paychecks from corporations, you know, under the table, they'll get the lobbying money. They get all this stuff. And then they really, well, Trump got a hundred million dollars in the midterms and didn't use it yes. on any candidate. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not excusing Trump it. because, because he's there's nothing a, to excuse for him. The he's such a, idea here such a is, buffoon. If the, a lot of people that are MAGA, they feel that they are unheard and their problems with the country, legitimate or not, they are feeling that they are not only being ignored, but being vilified. And that only will make people pull out their claws even further, you know? And, and I think, like, if you look at how much communism and people that are self-proclaimed communists are excused in this country, right? They're like, oh, yeah, you know, they're young, blah, blah, blah. It's they're Well, I completely disagree with every single tenet of communism. There was something to be said that a lot of people that tend to be communists are younger. People that don't earn as much. Uh, people that don't have as much education or claim to have education. Um, and they are, they, but one thing they do care, and I'll give it to them, is that they come from a place where there is a big concern for material conditions oh. and the exploitation of the worker. Um a lot of that comes from their own laziness because they feel working, you know, 40 hours a week is exploitation. Um, but it is. Mean I will just, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm going to dismiss them and I will make fun of them and I will make fun of Magus. But I think when, when you're kind of to get to your question, your hopelessness, um, I think people that just write off people that because of their political beliefs is evil and as racist or putting some ism on them without actually understanding the individual is no different are often actually rather they're the same people that say all black people should vote one way all women should think one way then if they if, if people are MAGA that they're pure evil I know people that are MAGA that are not racist but they just really don't like you know liberal politics and you know and that doesn't make them an evil person it just makes them what they politically believe um maga so I, maga maga <laughs> maga yeah, it's make our podcast great again um <laughs> and so that's it's i feel hope i feel yeah. hope i think that everything's going to work out yeah and, and if you're ever you know any listeners if you're having a debate and you feel like i'm never going to get through to this person i'm never going to get through just ask them what is what would it take to change your mind? And, you know, what would you need to see? And that often takes <coughs> up so many actual conversations versus you're a fucking racist, you're a sexist. It's like, Burr. they may be, but they may not be. Just try and get to understand their core reasons and what they would need to see to understand. Lots of claps. You just got lots of claps, Rohit. We might need to foley those in. Um, we're going to Foley him in. We're getting a yeah. Foley artist for the hopeless. Show. Yes. We're, and we're just going to get a, him just clapping a bunch of times and putting on a looper. Yeah. That's him. That's our new Foley artist, Ted. 
I also think the how good your mic is, it actually took away that sound, so I can't even hear it. You might have to go right up to your front of your mic. Nope. I get you I guess you got the clipping turned off. Well, anyway, now we're going to Hopeless TV, where yes. we have a few we always go to this segment because as people who watch a little bit of TV, we just want to bring hopelessness to the tube. As the cool kids say, they call it the tube. So my first one is the Weird Al movie. Rowett, have you heard of the Weird Al movie? Um, I have heard of the Weird Al movie with uh, Elijah Wood, right? With Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, sorry. You're close. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel so bad for those guys. Nobody could ever keep them straight in their heads. Yeah, sorry. With, with Daniel Radcliffe. With Daniel Radcliffe. As Weird Al, tons of cameos in the movie. Holy shit. I loved it. I thought it was hysterical. It's like a parody of a biopic. And it is ridiculous. But it's on Roku. And a lot of people don't feel like know they can watch it. So I just feel hopeless and I'm trying to get the word out. All you have to do is download the Roku app on your phone. And then pair it to your TV. And there you go. You don't have to pay for Roku. You don't have to do anything. You just download the thing, pair it to your Apple TV or to what your smart TV. And you can watch the whole movie for free. And because I feel hopeless that not enough people are seeing the Weird Al movie. Legitimate hopelessness because who the fuck is going to do that? It was so easy. I am the person who wouldn't do it. And I did it in a minute. I looked up how to watch Weird Al movie. They said download Roku app. Press play. So I, okay. and then you give your email. You give your email, you download it, and you press play. That's all I did. And you pair it to your TV, which I think people know how to do. Did he play some of the classics in the in the movie? He does it all, man. Oh my god. He does he it did? all. Remember that one? Or I'm fat? It's all there. And it's just so ridiculous and brilliant. It's like the most absurd movie you'll ever see. I'm I'm excited for it. Did so, he date Madonna? Oh man, let me tell no, you. Okay, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. No, you can tell me without spoiling too much. I'm not telling. I you just you okay. have to watch it. Madonna, I'll watch it. I'll watch Madonna it. is in the film. Okay. Yes. Amazing. So Amazing. uh you have something. Yeah, I got three shows. I just wanted to kind of do a rapid sort of hey, have you started watching this or what do you think? Um have you watched season two or begun season two of White Lotus? No, I'm not watching it. Why? Because the season one pissed me off too much at the end. Why oh without spoiling for our listeners. The ending of season one of White Lotus was just like everything I don't want in the end of a show. It just made me mad. I was like, ugh, I watched all this for that. So, okay. oh, I loved it, man. I love the world building. I love the character development. And the se- season two is better than season one. It is. Um, it is. It is better. And the um, best character in, I'm not going to say who, but the best character in season one is gone. Yeah. He died. Yeah. Yes, that is also true. That is true. Um, we won't specify who. But the best right, character no. in season one did die. Oh, I love it. I think it's fantastic TV. Have you watched the show Slow Horses? Moving on to our next show. I'm more of a fast horse kind of guy. Um. Okay. Well, Slow Horses is on Apple TV Plus, um, and it's uh, it's a show about. Um, uh, slow horses. 
Yeah, like actually, which slow. is a nickname for people that are kind of like they're they're sort of kicked out of MI5, but not but they're on the Ritz, you know. Um, they're like, right. listen, we're not going to fire you, but we're going to like put you on offsite into this like really shitty like brownstone, and you'll work there, and you'll take the worst cases. Um, and it stars Gary Oldman. Oh, he's good. And he's great. You know, he's a transformative actor. He can literally reshape himself into anything. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, he, he was, if, for those who don't remember, he was Winston Churchill recently. I think he won the Best Actor Oscar. And yep, it's like he, insane. He like isn't Gary Oldman. He's Winston Churchill. He was Count Dracula in 1992's <laughs> um, Dracula. Yeah. Um, he was Sirius Black in Harry Potter. He's done a lot of great shit. Um, he plays the sort of guy that's like the boss like of of this group and literally the first three episodes is like 75 percent of him just farting and burping oh that's good and i like all right I'm it's in. really funny and he's really good and the show is only six episodes oh good but it's ina and i like finish it in two nights we're like this is amazing really um, and they're like 40 at 40 minutes each so it's like it's like a really entertaining english crime uh, MI5 type thing with some really good cast and it's like it's a simple simple fast watch so that one All right. like if anybody's out there looking for like hey I just want a, like a quick like two session binge that's one um, good and then what you have one more I think and one more is Shantaram uh, it actually also like what lives is on HBO we talked weird Alan Roku but this also this show is also on Apple TV plus uh, Shantaram that stars uh, Charlie Hunan or Hoonan or whatever the guy that was in that motorcycle show where they're like they wear jackets sure um, you know what I'm know. talking about no but it doesn't matter let me yeah it's they like they're like a motorcycle gang show people thing um, and um, I think it has the word dog in it um, oh his name is Charlie Hunnam with an N good non. good um, Sons of Anarchy oh the jacket show you're right yes yes it has no it doesn't even have the word dog in it but yes he was in that Anyway, he stars as this Australian dude. It's based off of a like a really famous book about some Australian. It's I've like never heard of 80s. it. Um, he's can't a, be that a, famous. No, it's 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 one of those literature books, I guess. I don't Maybe understand. Poplet. Um, he essentially is an Australian prisoner, um, and he escapes from prison. Love prisoners. And he goes to India. Um, India. And he starts like this incognito life there, um, and. He Wait, Garrett, in a former EMT, who's but. Charlie Humanin plays an Indian. No, he plays a white dude. Oh, okay, uh, that ex- that escaped from an Australian prison. Oh, okay, um, yeah, it's it's, it's very good. Um, so do, yeah, these do you are have just, to be we, a, a Charlie Hoonan fan to like this? No, no, it's it's if you've ever been to India, you'll be like, wow, this is this captures fucking Bombay really well. Um, and also it's, it's essentially it's imagine if you're on the run for, you know, escaping Australia, just moving to India and then you end up living in a slum, um, word and making friends with the slum people and getting involved with the mob and shit. So it's kind of cool. It's like white slum dog millionaire in a way. Yes. But a little more violent, more violent. That was actually kind of violent. Actually. Slum dog. Okay. All right, I'm in. Yeah. Thank you cool, for yeah. thank you for all these recommendations. This segment is going to be called Rohit's recommendations. Yes, TV good, TV good. And, Let's move on. And now that uh, we have covered that, we have 
guest of BTS. BTS, our favorite K-pop band. We didn't know much of their songs, many of their songs. Now we know more of their songs, but they are our favorite band in the world. They keep getting bigger. Rohit, can you guess what BTS is doing this week? Or what, what a member of BTS is doing this week? Big, their lead guy, I think. Getting his driver's license. It's a great guess. Rohit, you all, you never disappoint with great guesses. That was so, you know, sometimes 30-year-olds need to finally do it. And you would think Jungkook, the main, the lead BTS guy, would want his driver's license. But actually, that's not the case. <laughs> but what it is, Rohit, because you're wrong once again, is... Jungkook will be performing at the opening ceremonies of the World Cup. Oh, that's different than what I guessed. It's slightly different. Uh, I don't even know if these guys have ever had to drive because they probably had drivers for their whole lives. Yes, exactly. Which is that that to me would have been a big thing. He's like, he's going to be independent and shit. But he is uh, performing at the World Cup. So congratulations to Jungkook and BTS for being the big performance at the beginning of the world cup that'll be very cool and i'm looking forward to <coughs> trying to figure out if i know any of his songs solo oh you you will it'll you just it'll be a great performance that's all we need to know great. and uh now we're gonna go in we have one hope in 60 seconds where we bring you hope in 60 seconds or less let me start that timer 30 for Aaron to explain it to me, 30 for me to try and bring some hope. And Aaron, you are up. Uh, the elections happened. We talked a little about them and how uh, the the red wave did not happen. It was more of a, a purple wave. And But Lauren Boebert, the election denier, extremist, MAGA, crazy woman from Colorado, was going to lose and she pulled it out at the very end and 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 won and i feel hopeless because she's a batshit crazy awful human okay here's the 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 hopeless hopeful hope i can provide you and yes she is someone that doesn't believe in separation of church and state says we're a christian nation all that kind of stuff yeah she's not cool um oh god oh no honestly Okay, here it is. Here it is. The red wave didn't happen. And of any of the people to stay elected, she's one of the funnier ones that will continue to make funny headlines that we can make fun of. Um, and in okay. the year, yeah. And so maybe like, next time she'll lose. Yeah, but like she she will continue being crazy. All and right, I feel a little hope. Get, get entertainment out of that. I'll get a little hope out of that, but I really yeah. do think she's awful. Well, now we have... <clears throat> Excuse me for my cough. I have a little cold. Um... We have our submission and to end our show. I know we've had a jam-packed show. We've even had some technical difficulties. We've, we've done it all for you. We've uh, brought hopelessness to this show because of the technical difficulties, and we fixed them, so we brought hope. And now we have a submission. This is from Kamen Lucado from New Jersey. This was uh, to me. So, Rohit, I'm going to want you to answer him. He said, you stupid fucking idiot. You're as fucking dumb as Pedo Joe is. So I want to first thank Kamen Lucado from New Jersey for your kind submission. We always appreciate our fans writing in with with kind words and questions for us. Um, Rohit, can you 
answer uh, come on come in and what uh, yeah um actually do we have any context to this response no it was just a dm or... it was a dm oh, i shit. sometimes post things you know like uh I don't know. It was just a DM. It was a DM. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would never post anything that could be um, at all uh, riling people up. Never. I can't imagine you doing that. Never would do uh, that. But Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's just not Aaron. Not me. Um, I don't like, yeah. to, I don't like to, to ruffle feathers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Kamen uh, or Kamen. Um, uh, yeah, this is the thank you for the thoughtful submission. Um, <laughs> actually, if you want to follow up, we would, I'd actually love some more context. Um, you know, maybe just outline some of the, the points of your argument and we'd actually love to sort of discuss them. Um, well, can we break it down? Cause I agree, let's try to break it down. So the first part, so he, he first eloquently said, you stupid fucking idiot. So I'll answer that. Like we on this show never, ever pretend to be smart. We never yes. say that we're, we know all, we, we bring entertainment, we try to bring light to subjects, we sometimes deal with heavy-handed stuff, but for him to say, you stupid fucking idiot, received, understood, and I never try to be anything I'm not, so I get I get you, come in, and... Um, and I, I, I think on multiple occasions, Aaron, we've actually called ourselves stupid fucking idiots. Yes, so, yeah. so, so th- yes. Th- wise words from you, come in, thank you for that. And then now let's break down the second part. You're as fucking dumb. We already covered that. We know we're dumb. I'm, yeah. du- I'm dumb. Yes. So excellent words. You're as fucking dumb as pedo Joe is. Now, mm-hmm. here's where I get a little confused. Rowan, maybe you can help come in here. Yes. Yes. So pedo Joe, I'm assuming he's referring to the president of the United States. Is he's not a pedophile? Like he's never been convicted of being a pedophile. He's never done anything to be a pedophile. Uh, so yeah, being creepy doesn't make you a pedophile. Or being old school, like old, the old school yeah. way. He's an old guy. Like the old school way is to just be a little more affectionate with youth. Yeah, it's yeah. All old guys definitely like you know whisper and kiss girls' ears. Um, but but yes, he's not a pedophile. He's never <laughs> no. he's never uh, grabbed or you know done it. He's never done anything like that so i'm not quite sure i think i think he's probably referring to and it's still obviously jury's still out but you know the whole his daughter's diary you know about the inappropriate showers and how she was scared of her dad we don't know if that's real or not but i thought so, that was that was debunked that was like a that that's the thing uh, it's uh, like it has been formally debunked but it's never been followed up with so we don't know and I, I don't, i'm gonna very on the side that it's probably not real i thought it wasn't so, i thought it was debunked like yeah. it was it was yeah. she came out and said it's not real yeah, and so I and I might I, and I might not be fully up to date on. That. I think that's probably the reference. But here's here's I think the the, the challenge uh, came in or come in. Um, I think it's yes. You already covered us being dumb, and we all agree, completely agree. But if you're being as dumb as Pedo Joe, would you not actually like use maybe if it, are we being as creepy as Pedo Joe, or are we just being as you know like I think like it's in if you have the first part of the statement, the second part of the statement, are you calling more attention? to the intellect of our president, which I don't think can be questioned. Yeah, he's a little bit old and he stumbles in his speeches, but he's like, you know, 99 years old. But also you can't get where you are in life without being so accomplished, so smart. You can't really, it's not often you see very, you know, uneducated presidents of the United States. You actually have to minimum level of intellect in most cases. And and for Um, him, he's he was like a star child 
at in his twenties. Like he's been doing this for fifty yeah. years. He's, yes, he's not a to say he's dumb. You could say we're dumb. Yes, but to say I, he's could, dumb, he's really not dumb. <laughs> and 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 here's the thing: you could say other things about him, and that doesn't mean they're true or false. But I think his intellect isn't one that's up for question, really. It could be other things that if you're not a supporter of his, you could say, oh, he does this or he does that. And then I think my guess is in a in a trivia contest, he'd probably beat most people. He probably knows a lot about, especially in like like politics and world history and the world and stuff. He probably beat most people. Yes. Um, But maybe not of his coworkers are still alive or dead. Um, <laughs> because that one was funny. Um, I forgot where state it was, but um, oh yeah, yeah. I don't think you could that. ever make a claim that he's not a really fucking smart man. No. Um, and so I think that if you want to come back to us with an uh, with a context of your statement and maybe some bullets, we'd love to actually talk with them and you know want to see where you're coming from. Um, but yes, you are correct. We are stupid fucking idiots. That's so, a long way of so, answering. So thank you, command. And also, oh, but also, if you're trying to to break down again, you're eloquent submission that the pedo part we are also not pedophiles so i just want you to say that if you were comparing saying like we're dumb and we're and we're also pedophiles we're not i'm not a pedophile row it's not a pedophile so just want to clear that up too if that was the angle you're going that's try a different one because that's not that's not where where we are where we stand in this uh, world just clearing it up trying to get to all facets of this brilliant submission. Yes. And with that, um, we <laughs> on that appreciate note, all of our listeners, we really do. We pre, we do appreciate you coming Lucata from New Jersey. Let's go New Jersey. Um, you know, seven, three, two represent. That's where I'm at. Love the upstanding um, citizens that submit from New Jersey. It's just great to see all the yeah, uh, quality. Hey, it's a garden state, bro. We love it. And, uh, and that's going to wrap up our show. Um, thank you for listening. We've covered it all once again. We'll be back next week and we love you. Really appreciate you as the, as thanks. I'm very thankful that we have this show and that we have you as the listeners to, uh, to listen and to be part of, uh, our daily lives. You're a gift for us. Yeah. And I'm thankful that the world will never run out of hopeless topics for us to talk about. Nope. So until, until next, then, until every, next time. Yes. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Peace. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. It's a hopeless show.